0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Jade Talks Travel. I'm your host, Jade, and I'm an ex-travel agent, airfares and ticketing consultant, teacher of travel and tourism, tour guide, cruise ship worker, and traveller to almost 60 countries. If you're new to the show, check out some of the old episodes for inspiration, helpful tips, and basically where I share my knowledge from the travel industry today i have a super special exciting guest uh i've actually been interviewing all week back to back and i have a whole bunch of exciting interviews to release in the next coming few weeks but today i've got an interview with a flight attendant from america and we chat what it takes to become a flight attendant do's and don'ts as a traveler if you want a happy flight and that bloody coronavirus i just want to point out as well uh with flight attendants because they're all currently working uh they can't divulge their airline and can't divulge personal details uh to identify themselves because it goes against company policy and the last thing i would want is to get one of my guests in trouble so i'm sure you'll get over it anyway so without further ado here's my interview with a flight attendant Morning. I've got a flight attendant from America joining Jay Talks Travel. Welcome. Hey, how you doing? Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, first of all, I guess, how did you get into flight tending? Like, what inspired you to try and become a flight attendant?
1: Actually, um, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't think that my personality was suited for the job, but uh, I was living in. Uh, out west in the United States for a while, and I was attending school. And my uh, relative of mine also works in an airline. My aunt, and yes. she, I don't know, and she said, "Oh, you ought to apply. You ought to apply." And she said, "You'd be great for the job." And I thought, nah, "No, no, that that would never work out. They wouldn't want somebody like me." But um, I applied, and after a tedious interview process, I mean, you send in your 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 resume then you take a questionnaire and then you have a video interview then you have an in-person interview it's a very long process but magically uh they liked what they saw and they said uh, come join our team so um after that i was became a flight attendant the whole process was you know some some months it it was close to a year before i was even hired but i it was just a recommendation from a a relative who also works the airline
0: and i suppose that process would kick a lot of people out so you have to be really dedicated
1: oh yes yes a lot of i mean we hear when we speak amongst each other like oh did you hear about that new class you know a lot of these classes uh when they go into the training process they start out with about anywhere from 70 to 90 people and usually at least about 20 percent of them um are Uh, kicked out in maybe the first week and then they they slowly fade as you get to the graduation process which from beginning to end is about five weeks you gotta last five weeks and it's you are you know you're sort of under lock and key they've got their eyes on you they're watching how you conduct yourself at the training so I mean it it does weed out a lot of people so I think that's why they have these classes in such great numbers yeah
0: sounds like the military almost
1: (laughs) Uh, it feels like it I mean I've never been in the military but it feels like it and
0: apart from the endurance, what was the hardest part about training to become a flight attendant?
1: I would say, um when we learn different aircraft, so we we learn at least a few aircrafts uh, during our training there, and and some some airlines even more than my own. You have to memorize all of these emergency procedures, and you are tested on them day after day, and you you must do it correctly. Uh, within within one or two times, or else you'll get you'll get booted. You only get so many tries to uh, do these uh, emergency procedures, these simulated emergency procedures. And if you don't do it correctly within the number of times they allot you, all of the work you had done before is gone. So, really, it raises your blood pressure <laughs> when you take these tests because there it will be not not just one or two people, but maybe four people watching you uh, conduct your emergency procedure, and they'll throw situations at you like uh perhaps oh this the man in this aisle he's choking. what are you gonna do go and then then they'll they'll progress the situation verbally to you, and you must react appropriately um uh on a dime in a timely manner and do it the right way so yeah. I think the in the physical the physical testing it's quite hard,
0: wow, and once you were flying in the air, what were your initial i guess thoughts uh as to, like, did it meet your expectations being a flight attendant or was it totally different from what you thought it would be, uh, based on the training?
1: Um, based on the training, I thought it was going to be more, um, uh, I don't know how you say rigorous or more, more stiff. It's actually, it's actually not, we don't, at my airline in in particular, we're not as uh, stiff as most most other airlines in terms of personality, we we are given leeway to, to be ourselves. But um, most of it is just, you know, it's you do the same steps over and over every day and you get used to it um, and that's quite all right. But I, I didn't know, you know, when, when you're training, you have all these perfectly simulated emergencies and they always, you know, go as planned once you're in training. But when you have somebody, something I didn't expect you know, I said, oh, you know, how often do people have, you know, heart attacks in the air, for example? And I was like, well, it's actually when you fly all the time, it seems as though it happens quite often, unfortunately. So, um uh, managing that, um, in, in training versus in the air was so much different. Um, and, and it never, you know, it'll never go your way, but it, I think the biggest thing is how you react to it. But I actually found it, um, a lot more you know, pleasant than people in training made it seem. I don't I don't think it has to be, for me, me personally, I don't think yeah. it's as, you know, hard as you make it out
0: to be. You know? Yeah. And obviously, you know, it can change any day. So, and of course. depending on the passengers and like any job, I guess. Well, not like yeah, any
1: absolutely, job. Absolutely,
0: yeah. Yeah. What do you love about being a flight attendant?
1: I I mean, there there are quite a few things I like, but I think my favorite thing is being able to, you know, in your time off, assuming, assuming uh, out of, outside of work, you've got that free time to just choose where you'd like to go and you can go there. Um, my, I've, I've got a significant other where I live and, and we travel all the time, um, to Europe, uh, to, to his home, to, uh, South America. I, my family is scattered all over the U S. So I, I see my family all the time more than I would if, if yeah. I had not had this job. And it's, I think that's my favorite my favorite thing is the freedom to just pick and choose where you want to go and go.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And from those places you've been, what's your favorite place that you've been to so far?
1: Oh, I would say probably Slovenia or awesome. Austria.
0: What was? Yeah. What did you love about Slovenia? I haven't been, so I don't know anything about it.
1: Uh, well it's I went there for a music festival and it was it was very green, very beautiful, had a beautiful river next to the campgrounds. The so the area's nice. Um I didn't try much of the food there. Well, we did a lot of camping so we yeah. brought, you know, odds and ends to eat while we were there. So um but the overall greenery of the country is my favorite thing. I like to explore the nature. Um it was it was gorgeous i mean rivers mountains that you could wade in and all this stuff it the hiking was amazing
0: was it a cheap country to travel
1: uh fairly fairly if you carry if you carry euros um euros or u.s dollars yes it's actually a fairly uh fairly affordable country to travel around in yeah okay
0: awesome so for any future flight attendants out there, what's something they need to be aware of before going to the job that may be more of a downside to the job than the glamorous side of travelling the world?
1: Uh, I think there are a couple things, and, uh, is, and both of them would have to do with the effect that flying and the schedules of flying have on the body. Uh, flying is actually very hard on your body, especially if you do it, you know multiple times a day over the course of some days. um it really it really takes a toll on the body, the lower air pressure. um flight attendants are more prone to deep vein thrombosis. Um, on top of that, you have the stress sometimes when you when you travel to uh, long destinations or um, vacation destinations, you know passengers are excited, but you are so tired and you yeah. haven't had no sleep and delays. And, and the, the other thing is this, the schedules. So sometimes, you know, for a block of three days, you're scheduled to fly just during the day, and then you've got another trip afterwards, and you've got uh, red-eye flights where you fly all through the night, and your body is not used to this sleep schedule. And uh, it really, it takes a toll on you. I mean, I saw it in my own body. When I when I first started in um, my early 20s, I, um, I, I guess I'm still in my early 20s, but when I started, I thought, oh, you know, I'm invincible. I, nothing's going to happen to me. But I saw my body change and it's, it, you just have to maintain high, lots of hydration, maintain a healthy diet and do your very best to maintain some, some sort of habitual sleep schedule. Because you will see it, you know, in your face and in your body, how it, how it erodes you away almost. <laughs> as long as you take care of yourself, I think yeah. you'll be fine. But you really yeah. have to keep
0: on it. Yeah, it's um it's you almost need to I was having a conversation recently with someone you almost need to train yourself to be able to sleep at will.
1: Mm-hmm. I would agree. I mean, it's almost like the, you know, those biofeedback where you can get your body to do things by you know, uh, you know, kind of with your mind. So, I mean, if you if you're one of those people who can just go to sleep when you want to go to sleep, I mean, that's that's a blessing and a half right there. Because yeah. a lot of people, you, you you work, say you work a long flight and it was a stressful flight, there's a lot going on, and then all of a sudden you need to sleep because in nine hours you have to report for your next flight. It's hard to do. And and unfortunately, um, a lot of flight attendants they, you know, they, they'll take a sleep aid or they'll take something to help them sleep, but then, you know, maybe they, they get four hours of sleep, but then the next day they're groggy and it's just yeah. a terrible cycle to be caught in if you don't take precautions ahead of time.
0: Yeah. Uh, I guess off the back of that, what's your recommendations for travelers uh, trying to avoid or prevent jet lag? Hmm.
1: I would say definitely reduce any any uh, habitual ca- caffeine intake that you take on your normal schedule. Um, one thing I try to do when I go to, maybe the, I know that I'm going to be in the West Coast, I don't drink my my coffee in as early in the morning. Cause I know I'm going back and I will, I'll try to stay awake longer to stay on my own time schedule. I would, I would do my best to stay on my own time schedule, but things I would moderate real, very heavily things like caffeine or, or any type of depressant like, a, like an alcohol or sleeping pills yeah. and try to, um, try to, um, limit anything you put in your body to make you either awake or asleep. I think that's one of the better things to do.
0: Okay and how can a passenger make a flight attendants day what makes a good passenger
1: oh, just someone who has good energy I don't know what it is but a lot of a lot of passengers I mean especially um especially if they're going on vacation or their or or their e- event that they're going to or the reason for travel is a good one you know they always seem to be cheerful and, and maybe sometimes flight attendants seem groggy or tired (laughs) or not all that nice that day. But really, I've, I mean, I've had days where, where I've been down in the dumps or I only got, I've, I had only gotten maybe some hours of sleep, um, the night before and a customer's come in, Hey, good morning. How are you? You know, it's so nice to be on board or, 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 you know, say things like, you know, Oh, I, Oh, I love, uh, you know, um, I love the snacks that you guys have, just little things. And it, it turns me around. It really does. I mean, even if it's just a small thing, um, it really makes me feel a lot better to be doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but customers that just carry a good energy and a good vibe, I mean, that's really all it, all it takes. For me personally, it's yeah. really all it
0: takes. Can they give you, are you allowed to accept gifts from passengers?
1: Uh, yeah, we are. I I understand that some airlines are not. And in fact, that's been my case too. Sometimes I try to give um, flight attendants of another airline I was traveling on uh, gifts and they said, oh, no, 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 we can't take that, we can't take that. But in my airline in particular, uh, we may, we are allowed.
0: Okay. So just check before – it was something that uh, someone else brought up and I'd never really thought about it. Uh, I just – I guess – I'm not sure maybe it's a case in Australia they're not allowed to um and I just presumed uh but mm-hmm. yeah someone else mentioned that uh as a flight attendant they had a passenger who always gave them chocolate and mm-hmm. just you know a small thing like that and it really brightened up their day
1: Really I, that happens that happens sometimes too sometimes passengers say you know, they'll even if it's a little note on a napkin or something, yeah. oh, thanks for the, thanks for everything you do. We understand that you, you know, keep us safe, and that 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 is our main duty is to keep passengers yeah. safe. And when passengers recognize that, actually, when they say, "Yes, we're primarily here for your safety," it really, really makes you feel good about what you're doing, and it makes you want to to be better at it because customers have that expectation from you. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes when it comes down when it comes down to the nitty gritty and and you are responsible for someone's safety in a situation, it really makes you want to act on it
0: quickly quickly and this is a not a major thing, but a flight attendant's expected to help people with their luggage into the overhead cabins or not <laughs>
1: um, well uh in my airline in particular uh, we are not actually required to uh put bags up in the overhead bin for the passenger, we all, we certainly can assist, and we can put it up at our own risk. Uh, the only thing is, though, and I think this may be other American airlines as well, as in U.S. airlines yeah. uh, as well, um, but if you lift up a passenger for a bag or something, and say the worst-case scenario is that you tear your rotator cuff in your shoulder or something, uh, generally the airline will not cover that on on-the-job injury, or as an right. OJI. So, so, I understand why many flight attendants are hesitant to do that, um however, we are allowed, we are allowed, but i don't we are not required to, yeah, but mostly for me personally if some if someone says oh i'm I'm going to need help with my bag i I do a test pull, you know, I kind of test the weight, just give give the handle a tug, yeah, and if I feel as though I can handle it, I just, yeah, yeah, let's do it together, and we put it up in the bin yeah
0: it's um I think a lot of people expect. Yeah, and it's not just regular sorry, it's not just people who don't travel often, but they have this expectation that you know flight attendants are there at their beck and call to do anything and everything, and yeah, yeah they get kind of annoyed when they realize that actually no that's not their job <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. it is it is kind of a it does kind of stick at your craw if you if someone gives the um gives you the expectation that you, you are the, the airplane waitress or the airplane slave, you know, it's, it's very demeaning. And, and I think if people went on an aircraft and said, Oh, which instead of, uh, I need help or you need to put that up for me, or, um, isn't it your job to put it up for me? If they said, Hey, would you mind helping me with this bag? I mean, seriously, the phrasing is, is key. I think, I think if, if I were a traveler, I know that I would have probably a 70 cent percent more chance of getting help, the help I wanted, if I had asked it, like as if the other person was not an airplane slave, but just the person who's there to help. And I think a lot of people in, in many aspects, not just bags in particular, but they do, um, they're kind of snappy. They, some people can be probably who, who don't travel often can be snappy at flight attendants, and expect them to do things or they
0: ding their button all the time. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, who knows?
0: Is that your biggest grievance?
1: I don't actually, I, you know, some flight attendants, they, they really don't like the button, but I, I don't mind the button. Um, it, it stays illuminated until you go. So if I, if I, walk by it I don't forget about it but yeah. you can tell you know there's some people who use it sparingly and there's some people who use it more than others
0: yeah. <laughs> it just depends on the customer there's uh, as technology changes as well on Air New Zealand at the mm-hmm. seatback TV uh, I'm not sure I think Virgin America had this as well but on Air New Zealand uh, you can actually order food and drinks straight from the TV
1: you know, I would like that a lot better. I wish, I wish, especially when on flights, when you serve uh, fresh food or fresh meals that they could order it perhaps on their phone with an app, they could say, I'd like to have this, or I'd like my meal vegetarian or things like that. And then, you know, we already have flight attendants, most flight attendants, I think already have, um, interactive seat charts with the customer's name and their, you know, their needs, if they need wheelchair assistance or things like that.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, and and if we could just see it on the seat Map, be like, oh, okay, it looks, it looks as though the guy in 7C wants uh, another Diet Coke. You know, that yeah. would be very helpful. I think I would be all for that, yeah.
0: Yeah, the last time I flew in New Zealand, obviously, they have all my details and they have my frequent fly details and stuff. But when I sat down uh, on the screen, I already had, welcome, Mr. Jackson, and... Then when I ordered something, it said, would you like to pay with your frequent flyer points? So I didn't even need to swipe a credit card. Like it just automatically paid for it with points. It was crazy. That's
1: excellent. I wish – that's a really nice touch. I wish wish more airlines would embrace that type of uh, technology because it is nice and it makes the service better because it shows up right there. Nobody – Oh, you know, when you wave your hand, can I get another? And then the flight attendant walks by. Probably yeah. half the time the flight attendant because there's 150 other people, you know, they probably forget it. Probably makes the surface better that way. Yeah. You know, the 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 automatic way. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah. What's uh been the scariest incident you've had flying, if you've had any?
1: Oh my goodness. Actually, I think one of my reasons, well, I mean there's a couple. One of them one of them was a a, a medical emergency and one was uh, turbulence um the the turbulence incident happened i was flying to um nassau we were we were on our way to nassau from the united states and uh we were on a relatively small plane and uh we we had unexpected turbulence in the back of the aircraft yeah. and or in the whole aircraft but usually i mean if if you fly a lot usually the the tail of the aircraft shakes and rattles a lot more than the front for yeah. whatever reason um and it was so bad that much much of the things in the galley, in the back galley, because we were still conducting service, still still serving, and a lot of the things in the galley were airborne. Some, pe- some one person fell out of their seat. Um, there were people. I mean, you hear you hear people screaming on a roller coaster. This was, this was worse. It was like blood curdling. Wow. And and Just there was turbulence. a woman, and she was, it was yeah, it was really bad turbulence and this and it was unexpected we got no warning from the pilot he probably did not expect it either yeah. there was a lady praying and and i remember when i was almost climbing my way after the turbulence had sided a little bit and i had taken a peek at some guy's laptop he had out that it was he was all disheveled and he was barely hanging on to this laptop but he was emailing somebody that it seemed as though he was emailing somebody that he was not going to make it to oh my where we're God. going. I was so oh my gosh! And people were sending texts. Uh, we do offer uh, Wi-Fi on our aircraft, yeah. and it does work overseas. So, so people were probably texting their, you know, their loved ones. Especially people. Can you imagine a nervous flyer? I mean, I was nervous, and I yeah. fly all the time. Can you imagine a nervous flyer on that flight? Um. So that was that was very intense. That was the worst it had ever been. I mean, the cleanup we had when we were done—it was just cups and coffee and napkins, just everything. Everywhere it was quite a mess.
0: Any um, was anyone seriously hurt?
1: No, actually, we there was one person. The person who fell, um, they said that they were. They claimed that they were fine, but we actually had somebody meet the aircraft because yeah. of the level of turbulence. Somebody met the aircraft and and we told them the person that fell, and I think they at least cleared them to make sure that they were okay. Okay. Um, but um, that the other. The other incident was that, um, we had two medical emergencies, both at the same time coming from an international destination into New York, into the U S
0: Yeah,
1: and, um, there was one lady and she was having a heart attack. She was, had all the symptoms of a heart attack and, uh, we had patched through our air physician and the air physician said, you know, give her this, this, and that. Of course, we've got a lot of medical equipment on board. So we were administering it as, as he said, we're following his directions. And uh, we, the her condition wasn't improving. So he said, "You must you must land the air, aircraft as soon as possible." But well, we were so close to New York that that um, that was that was the closest city to get to. So we were going to go into New York, and she was going to receive treatment there. Um, but then, as we were landing, I mean, I swear this this aircraft was about to touch the ground, and she was working her way through it um, another gentleman near the front of the aircraft was experiencing a choking incident. And I oh could see God. he was very red and he, and he stood up and I, and I, um, and I said to him, uh, sir, sit down, sit down, sit down. And I heard uh, from the crowd, I guess they knew what was going on because they were much closer to him. They said, he's choking, he's choking, he's choking. And I said, Oh my goodness. So I, as soon as the air, airplane, this, I mean, we're on, we're almost about to hit the tarmac. I yeah. had to emergency call the pilot and say, we have another situation. Please send us two paramedics, you know, <laughs> two uh, enough wow. people to send to treat two people. Yeah. But the interesting thing, I was so nervous, you know, and the interesting thing was that when we had got there, um, border control and, and officers had come to clear these people into the United States before they were to receive treatment. Oh, my God. And I I was just so flabbergasted. I was like, these people are in danger. Their lives are in danger. <laughs> Help them! But now you know
0: we're gonna I follow mean? the red tape.
1: Oh, I know. I, I was just I, I had never had that happen before from an international destination inside of the U.S. So they had they had border control filling out forms as the paramedics are rolling them onto the jet bridge, and and the the gentleman who was choking had to wait. I mean, this man was. Losing his color. Oh my
0: and God. so
1: the, the officer had instructed me, uh, give the man oxygen, give the man oxygen. And I said, oh, you know, okay. I was flustered, and I said, okay, okay, you know, because I wanted to do everything I could to help. But but um, uh, eventually, I, I do believe, so usually there's a, a report that's made. Um, I'm pretty sure that they, they were both okay, but it was neck and neck. I mean, it, this was very, very close calls.
0: And to have um, two on one flight. Neither
1: of their conditions. Yeah, two on one flight. Right when we were landing, <laughs> I just oh, my head was spinning after that. And then I, even after that flight, we still had another three hour flight to work. <laughs> oh my god. Um I'm, I'm already done for this day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the medical dramas, what's been one of the most memorable flights?
1: Hmm. There's a lot there's a lot of memorable flights. Uh, some of some flights are Maybe to a destination
0: you'd always wanted to go to, or was scenic, or there was a celebrity? You know, the destinations,
1: they come and they go, I think. Yeah. Pardon for interrupting, but the the destinations, they come and they go. But really, I think most flight attendants will tell you that their most memorable flights or trips is uh, with a great crew. If you have a great crew and you stick together for that whole trip and you all get along well, the trip is very memorable. There's always good times. And I I do remember I had a trip. uh, I was based up in the Northeast for some time, and I was new to the area, But and I was a, a fairly new flight attendant, maybe only a couple of years in, but the crew was so welcoming to me. We had a good time. We went out, even if the city was... You know, it wasn't like a super fun city, you know, maybe out in the Midwest where there's not all the same action as there is in, in places like Vegas or, or San Francisco. It's still fun. If if you've got a good crew, it's a fun trip, no matter where you go.
0: Yeah. And your aircraft, are they single class or are they, is there like business and economy or?
1: Um, at my airline, they have uh, a certain amount of larger aircraft that are equipped with um, what they... Um, what you would consider first class, yes, uh, with the full service, like meal service and yeah. the massage chairs and all that fun stuff. Massage um, chairs, most, The bulk of our – I know. I, I think <laughs> a, a couple airlines have got that got that thing going. But the most of it is fitted for, for economy.
0: Yeah. And oh. uh, you probably know where I'm going with this. How much authority do flight attendants have in moving passengers around the aircraft?
1: I find that it's a lot more lenient for flight attendants who work in core or or economy service. Uh, I mean, they're they're always in the economy uh, aircrafts. Usually, you know, most I think most airlines have this. They have uh, seats with more legroom and seats with a little less legroom. And if there's a passenger, like for me personally, um, you know, it's up to us ultimately to decide where the passengers are seated, unless it's a weight and balance issue for the aircraft itself. But I mean, if I see someone and it's a person who is, you know, six foot seven or six foot ten, um, and they have barely any leg room, and the person in, in front of them is reclining into their knees, yeah. <laughs> usually I'll say, um, "Sir, ma'am, you can go come and step up here if you don't mind, if you, if you are okay to change." Yeah. Usually, I mean, it's kind of a um,
0: case by case.
1: Uh, case by case. There you go. Case by case
0: basis. Okay. And from all the, I know you said kind of destinations come and go and kind of, uh, but from all the places you've been in your travels, what and that you had enough time to explore, what place stood out Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe surprised you in terms of uh, you expected little but turned out to be a really awesome place?
1: There are many places, but actually, I think one of my favorites was the. I was in this, I think it was Santiago or Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And everyone was saying that. Oh, it's you know it's so dangerous. You can't go outside, and and you know it's not safe to go out, and and you know I'm a girl.
0: Yeah.
1: And they and I guess you know most people say you know don't go out by yourself, but actually m- my mother is from. Buenos Aires, uh, Argentina, and I'm I'm a fairly I wouldn't say I'm fluent. I mean, I guess it depends on who's judging, but I'm I'm pretty good in my Spanish. Yeah. And so I went out with a couple friends. We're like, well, we'll just stay in the area. We'll try to stay close. And you know, actually, I went out into the city, and it was it did not seem dangerous. It it actually was quite nice. People were very welcoming, um, and I, I loved the I loved shopping there. I mean, their their pharmacies are great in the Dominican Republic. You can get. <laughs> get great stuff that you can't get in the U.S. Um, But it was overall a good time, and everyone was saying it was stingy and not not safe, and I I didn't find that to be the case in my experience. But I was pleasantly surprised. And, you know, the food, forget about it. It was great.
0: That's interesting because I had a similar experience going to Mexico the first time. And even in the guidebook, I expected to basically walk off the plane and be robbed at gunpoint. And if it wasn't in the <laughs> airport, then it was going to be in the taxi on the way to the hotel. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was expecting not to leave, that I would, or at least if I did leave, it would be without all my gear. And mm-hmm. at no time did I feel not safe. So like yeah, everywhere I, no, I went, no, I it was just you know. locals going about their daily business. Mm-hmm.
1: I would agree. I mean, I that I kind of had the same feeling when I was there. I I think you know I see this lady. She's all she's doing is shopping for groceries. She doesn't look like he's going to rob me. This I me. Mean, this guy's you know this guy's getting his mail. Yeah. <laughs> like he's gonna rob me. You know I mean perhaps I mean you've, of course you know as it goes you do you do find that that type of environment in everywhere every country or every place has their spots where maybe you shouldn't go by yourself especially yeah. at nighttime. But but yeah. a lot of people I think by you know by means of cautioning others they say oh it's dangerous it's dangerous and as the snowball runs down the lane it gets bigger and bigger and the claims about the particular location get exaggerated and in that in that area I just uh, again I didn't find it to be the case and and I think, as long you know, as as the general travel precaution, if you're with somebody, or at least with with someone else, and with a couple people, generally you you can remain safe. You know, as long as you take you use common sense, of
0: course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of course, not everyone has common sense these days.
1: Uh yeah, I would <laughs> I would also argue that that is true.
0: <laughs> Anything else that you'd like to share or let the world know about being a flight attendant?
1: Hmm. Um. I think I would say that if someone, if someone wanted to be a flight attendant, I say, go for it. It's, it's honestly a very few people get the chance to, to be a flight attendant and it's a very, very fun experience. Um, and I would say perhaps as a traveler, um, kindness goes a long way in somebody else's favor and in yours always. And in any of your travels, kindness towards the flight attendants or towards your fellow passengers, when passengers get along and they meet each other for the first time on the flight and they, they chat the whole flight and they make new friends, it's, it's kind of nice to me, too. You know, yeah. it, It's kind of nice to see. So I would just say in your travels, be open-minded and kind. That's the biggest thing.
0: Awesome. Actually, I just thought of one last question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Coronavirus. How's that?
1: Oh, knew it was coming.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, tell you, I'm sick of it. It's just everywhere. Oh, I know.
1: I hear about it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And
0: I wrote one article on my website just for you know Google Trends kind of thing, and it's the number one read article out of everything I've ever written. And it's just like, really, I've written so oh, many more man. amazing articles about incredible places, and that's the one that everyone wants to read. I know that's the
1: one that gets the cake. Oh yeah. my goodness! I think there's hysteria around it. Yeah. Ah,
0: uh, absolutely. So, uh, as a flight attendant, what's been the implications for you uh, in the coronavirus saga?
1: I think. Well, my airline in particular, uh, they gave us, you know, basic travel precautions: just wash your hands, don't don't stand near someone who appears to be sick, don't get too close to someone who appears to be sick. Of course, in the in the public atmosphere you kind of you can't like shield yourself away from no. the guy who's coughing in row 20 you know you'll have to walk past them at some point but um they as far as official communications from the airline they say take general precautions but you see customers in airports and on the airplane itself you get them wearing these crazy masks or they've everyone's got a, some sort of contraption on their face i've seen very unique <laughs> very <laughs> unique ways of protecting themselves from the virus and one of them, it looks like a guy was wearing a. It looked like a gas mask, but it covered the ears and it, probably any open orifice on his face except oh for his eyes. He looked like he looked like Bane from Spider Man yeah, yeah. <laughs> or from yeah yeah from <laughs> Batman. Excuse me. Yeah. From Batman, it was just a very weird thing. And and the I think the facts are that most of those cloth coverages on the on the face actually don't protect from the virus because the virus is. So so small, it can get through. Only the specialized masks yeah. can actually protect it. But there are people who, I mean, they get on the plane and they got these disinfectant wipes and they're wiping down their seat <laughs> and their and their TV and their armrests and probably, I mean, maybe even the passenger next to them who knows that people get crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: But I can understand um, because it seems as though the the people it's most affecting are are the elderly and babies. And of course, there are still elderly people and babies, pretty much everywhere. So I can understand the the need to protect, you know, those demographics and those age demographics, of course. Um, but I think people, I think the people that are most crazy about it would be people my age, you know, people not in those age demographics, yeah. and they're the ones going nuts.
0: Yeah, um, I remember when SARS came out. I was actually in China at the time, and oh uh, I just finished doing the Trans-Mongolian Railway. And oh. we knew it was happening, but at the time SARS was in South China and we were going to mm-hmm. North China and we are like, ah, oh, it's fine. And we are wandering around Beijing and nearly every local had a face mask and they were looking yeah. at us weird because we didn't have a face mask. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, you know, they're being a bit uh, kind of over the top. And then, ironically, left China, I was in Japan, two days later, I got really sick with a virus, and I was freaking oh. out, going, oh no, don't tell me, I've got it. But it was, I don't know what it was, it was just like a 24-hour virus, and... um Like a
1: rotavirus or something silly?
0: Yeah, like it was over pretty quick. I've seen photos as well of uh empty planes, have you noticed a drop in passenger numbers?
1: I think the destinations I travel to uh, mostly are haven't been widely affected. Like yeah. I said, you know, the Caribbean, South America, I go uh, up and down the east coast of the U.S. a lot, um, Mexico as well. And those, I don't think it's been, you know, widely diagnosed in those areas. Yeah. But I know that flights to the west coast, uh, namely San Diego, San Francisco, and Seattle, where there have been reported cases, um, Flights go there uh, almost half empty, and the airline, a uh, couple airlines actually, um, as far as I'm aware that I've seen the news recently, they are uh, waiving cancellation or change fees because so many people are changing their flights or canceling their flights yeah. because they don't want to go to the West Coast. And I thought, well, that's a, that's a nice move, you know, that gives passengers more flexibility. Um, but they are doing it more frequently. People are really reducing their travel or will be very picky about the places they travel or where they think they will be at risk for the coronavirus and yeah. particularly where cruises leave. So yeah. um, I think, you know, it, it, particularly I'm sure South Florida, I'm sure their travel has reduced greatly because those people wanted, you know, there's, there are two main ports, and ports in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, um cruises are i think are suffering in particular because yeah. of those the stories about those quarantine yeah, yeah. ships off the coast of japan
0: yeah.
1: yeah yeah so i think it really did affect travel and you do see people you know trying i mean it's nice i mean I, it's good that people are trying to take precautions and that they're doing their best to be safe whether it's you know maybe misinformed or not the intention is good i think
0: yeah, it's actually, um, in Australia, one of the major airlines, Virgin, has pretty much cancelled all their flights to Hong Kong and rerouted them to other destinations like New Zealand and Japan. and uh, and But even domestic travel in Australia is reduced as well. So um, big changes. A couple
1: of the legacy airlines in the United States, sorry about that, a uh, couple of the bigger airlines in the United States, Uh, stopped all of their travel to China altogether.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: At least one of the legacy airlines stopped travel to China.
0: It's, um, I mean, I have no doubt at all, you know, they're already Mm -hmm. in China. There's like certain cities that have no new cases and I have no doubt that within a few months it'll be all, you know, in the past. But um, Mm -hmm. it's more just the media hysteria that's just crazy about it. And I've got friends in Italy and Japan, and uh, their kids have been sent home from school for like the next six weeks. Like, just oh that's my it. Goodness. No school for six weeks. Like, it's just insane.
1: Well, as a child, though, you know, what a dream. But yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> I know. The, it's, like, it's like extended summer break.
0: Yeah. But
1: um, the, that's a very intense um, move to yeah. make, I think one, one of the things I think, and, uh, even in terms of either air travel, cruise travel, train travel, however you get around. Um, I think the case there's, there are some consequences of, of, uh, an and uh, I wouldn't say an epidemic at this point, but maybe, maybe it can be classified as such, but like a virus outbreak. Um, I think there are some consequences and yes, there are bad things that happen surrounding this outbreak and then the media says, Oh, look at all these bad things surrounding the outbreak and look at all the consequences. And then because of this amplification by the media, the consequences become even more (laughs) if they augment the consequences of the, of the outbreak because of the hysteria around it. So people, you know, they'll miss, they'll miss events, they'll cancel, they'll travel. I mean, maybe, uh, businesses will hurt because I know that I have a friend, um, who lives out in Russia, And and a lot of their uh, business dealings are uh, in and out of China and they were meant to travel. And they had been. uh, Some months ago, they had been in China for, I think, maybe five or six weeks and they had come back to Russia. And then as soon as this outbreak started, they because of their travel history into China, they were not allowed to leave. uh, The Russian government told them or whoever told them they said, you're not allowed to leave russia for the next certain amount of time until we know that you don't have the virus and so and and we had actually had something planned we were going to meet up in um he my my significant other and i were going to meet up in the u.s and he's like i'm sorry i can't i can't come over (laughs) they won't let me i had spent over a certain amount of time in china some months ago and now i can't go anywhere and you know shipments were delayed they were under inspections i think Because of the hysteria, everyone's taking super, super precautions, and the whole thing has been blown up. Yeah, of course.
0: I think that's what's putting a lot of travelers off as well, the fear of, what if I get stuck somewhere?
1: Yeah, that would be another, that's another good point, is that, you know, whether or not they're at risk, if someone wants to, if there's a country that decides, you know what, we're going to take everyone's temperature before they step on the (laughs) before they step on the soil, then, yeah, I can see how that would freak people out, and they don't want to go.
0: I remember when SARS was happening and they had one of those thermal cameras at the airport and straight away like I wasn't sick but immediately I got nervous and of course what happens when you get nervous you get flushed and oh man so just from seeing the camera going oh no if I'm and it shows your temperature as you walk past and it's like man if my temperature goes up by a degree then they'll you know pull me aside kind of thing so, oh
1: my goodness! Yeah, and crazy. and you think that's how many years ago is that? Maybe maybe uh, some somewhat like years ago.
0: At least 15 years or something.
1: Yeah. So can you imagine the technology they have today to screen people like that? So if they've yeah. got, they probably know that if you've got a high temperature, they know where you've been the past maybe within the past three months or so, and and all the technology that they can use to screen you and maybe maybe even invade your privacy a little bit. You would you would be worried. Well, you know, yeah, especially about, in China. Yeah, especially in China with their um, social credit system. I'm sure they have a lot of data on a lot of people who have visited China or live there, who are are residents.
0: I'm sure that
1: they've got a whole portfolio on each person.
0: Crazy. Anyway, I won't take any more of your time. Thank you very much for coming on J Talks Travel. It's been fantastic hearing all your stories. Okay, thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you. Awesome. I hope you found that insightful, inspiring, and more than anything, fascinating. I'm always fascinated by flying and aviation, and of course any role that includes flying as a daily job uh, seems like a dream come true. I should point out, I did actually consider becoming a flight attendant on many occasions, but every time I looked into it, I was too tall, so it was never really an option for me, unfortunately. If your friends would like this, make sure you tell them about it. You can easily share, uh, and there's links in your podcasting app, including Apple Podcasts, or, of course, from my website to easily share this episode or any others straight with your friends so they can share in the excitement as well. Thank you very much for listening to this special episode of J Talks Travel. Make sure you check out my website, jadejackson.com.au here you'll find inspiring articles lots of cheap travel deals and of course all past episodes of my podcast j talks travel as well as my other podcast j talk stuff which is random facts about random things really Uh, if you're after cheap flights specifically cheap flights only check out my new twitter feed cheap flights by jade on here every day i post the cheapest flights i find with direct links to book them you can of course also find some of these deals on my website Uh, but the cheap flights by jade twitter feed was basically a quick and easy way if you're interested in that kind of stuff to know what deals are out there especially in these coronavirus saga times There are actually a lot of cheap deals coming out. Uh, I've written an article on the front of my website, which you'll find about that. A lot of these deals are quick to go. So I don't feel it's fair to do a podcast episode uh, about these cheap flights, because by the time you listen to it, chances are they'll be gone. Hence why I created the Twitter feed, because Twitter is quick and fast. And so if you check Twitter, you'll see it. Boom. You can book it straight away if it's still available, Uh, but you can also, uh, from my Twitter feed, Cheap Flights by Jade, there's a link to search the cheapest flights you'll find. And I'm in the process of adding a lot more of this stuff to my website, and if you click on Book Your Travel, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can book, like flights, buses, car hire, and I'm slowly adding more and more content. So expect big things in the future. Anyway, check out my website, jadejackson.com.au. Find me on Facebook, Jade Talks Travel. Find me on Twitter, Jade Talks Travel, or Cheap Flights by Jade. And on Reddit as well. Independent Travel, Jade Talks Travel, and that's enough. Thank you very much for listening to Jade Talks Travel. Bye-bye now.